When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Imran. Yeah, you've got a complete change from Ed and Oshwin, who you had last week. Uh, we'll say they're the reserve squad and you've got the A-team in here now. Yeah, Casemiro uh, and uh, Ericsson. <laughs> yeah. Fred and McTominay are out. Uh, we're recording the day after a really good win against Everton away, 2-1. We will also chat about the forthcoming... Ammonia Nicosia game and Newcastle on the weekend, plus have a quick chat about the last Ammonia game, because uh, that happened since the last podcast we've done. But look, let's get straight into this Everton win. Uh, look, it was great to get back to winning ways, right, Imran? I mean, we'd had a kind of dodgy week the week before, obviously losing to City and making very hard work of beating a pretty poor Nicosia team. Uh, so yeah, to get this kind of result back on the board gets uh, the confidence back in the whole squad, right? Yeah, and it looked like a tricky fixture on uh, paper as well. Uh, Everton had not been beaten in the last six games. Uh, a lot has been made of the fact they have the best defence in the league, although apparently stats will show they actually are giving up chances. It's just they're not being put away for whatever reason. But still, away at Goodison, it's a place we lost last year as well. So it's a, it's a tricky fixture and yeah, good to get back to winning ways, definitely. Yeah, it was a stat that surprised me that Everton had conceded the least goals in the whole Premier League uh, prior to this game, only seven. Now, having conceded nine, they still actually got the joint best with, I think, City, Brighton and Newcastle, who coincidentally were playing on the weekend. So, yeah, another hard defence coming up. Uh, but look, we had an awful start, obviously. And, you know, it's been a bit of a pattern recently, giving away goals and then having to play catch up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the best thing for me was the reaction to that goal. But let's talk about that goal. I mean, Casemiro comes in for this game. Also Martial, also Shaw. I mean, pre-match, people are already saying Martial looks like he's got some kind of niggle or something. He still started the game. But I think, yeah, you'd actually put in our chat saying, I give him 20 minutes max. I think you were like seven minutes off. Yeah, I mean, easiest prediction I'll make all season was Martial going off injured in this game, especially if he'd already had a knock before the game. I mean, we joke about it, but I do feel sorry for the bloke. He just can't seem to stay fit this season. Uh, hopefully it's not a big one hopefully it's a small setback and he'll be back soon because we actually do look better when he's on the pitch and he obviously has been scoring and assisting even in this game he got an assist a half injured assist so obviously he's got a lot to offer us currently in this form he just needs to actually be on the pitch Um, but yeah I don't think I think even after the game Ten Hag said it was a new injury I think he said I wasn't sure whether it was a recurring one or what yeah, he said this seemed to be like some kind of strain on his back, which is completely different to what he had before. But sometimes I think that's more worrying when a player is just getting one injury after another and it just ends up being a constant cycle. But look, I think it's still too early to tell. Let's see what Ten Hag says in his next press conference. But yeah, it's an absolute killer because we've been waiting for him to come back in. And you saw what he did. Yeah, like you say, he was only there for less than half an hour and still managed to get an assist on the board. But as I say, look, let's have a chat about that first goal. I mean, Casemiro's been getting a lot of plaudits from this game. Ended up with a man of the match performance, which I thought was a bit much, but he did do well. Uh, good start for him. He does give the ball away for that first goal, though. But, uh, I mean, how much do you put that blame on him? There was still a fair bit to do after that point, though. I mean, a little bit. I mean, he, he does lose the ball quite easily. Um, maybe you can attest it to the fact that, you know, he hasn't had that much... I think he hasn't even had 90 minutes of Premiership football under him yet. 
Um, but I mean, a, a world class operator like Casemiro is or is supposedly shouldn't be getting caught on the ball like that. Um, it wasn't a foul either, I don't think. Um, there was quite a few challenges like that in the game. I think Shaw put one in, um, Casemiro himself put a few in like that, where you kind of come in from back, wrapping your foot around to get the ball. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy with it not being a foul. If we'd get a goal disallowed because of that, I'd have been absolutely raging. Uh, I was raging at a goal disallowed for us later on, and we'll get to that. But um, but yeah, so bit on him, but still a lot to do before the good ball actually goes in the net. And it is a great shot from Iwobi. Um, could De Gea save it? Maybe, maybe top tier, top tier De Gea of a few seasons ago saves that. He was a bit unsighted, but it is a great finish. Uh, not something I'm going to be uh, whipping him for. Yeah, we often get these game-raising players who, like, you know, Wobi hasn't scored all season and is he has one been having who scores a many. Good season so far, though, Wobi. No, he has been playing well, but yeah, he's not one you see on the score sheet that much. And yeah, pulls out uh, an outstanding finish over there. For, and yeah, I doubt he'll score another one like that all season. I mean, yeah, it often happens to us, it seems to be. Uh, so we go 1 0 down. But I did think our reaction was really yeah. good straight away. We were creating immediately. Uh, you know, didn't seem to affect us. And that's often been the problem before where we concede, heads go down, they seem to lose confidence. And thankfully that didn't happen. And I thought, you know, we absolutely deserved to go in uh, to half time ahead in this game. Yeah, I think Everton bought into their own defensive hype a little bit because they just sat right back off us uh, as soon as they scored, which kind of played into our hands because we could start creating. Uh, Bruno got in down the right, um, cut one back, didn't he? And then... We were just playing some nice ball, nice football, controlling the ball, keeping it around. Everton weren't doing anything themselves, and it felt like only a matter of time before we actually did score. Um, and then when we did, it was actually really simple. Um, another mistake from them. In fact, all the goals came from mistakes in this game. In fact, just in general, the game was quite mistake-laden. Like a lot of times, it was absolutely hammering it down with rain. It was, which often like these kind of things, then you do see these giveaway and slips and whatever. But there was some slips, sloppy passes, um, just giving the ball straight to an opposition. I felt like this game was like a second away from someone just playing a through pass to the opposition player to go and score. I felt like that was something that could have happened in this game. Not quite that, but it's, it's interesting how just how simple the goals were. From both times, it's Everton lose possession in, within a pass or two. Someone's in on goal, one on one, and putting it in the net. Uh, Anthony with the first one, good pass from Marshall. And I mean, that is the benefit of having a left footed player on the right wing. Uh, that chance is a lot harder for a right footed player. Obviously, it's still a one on one. You still it's a big chance. But for a left footed player, it's a lot easier to be able to put it across the keeper like Anthony did. Um, it's not something we've had, obviously, for a long time. Yes, we've had Juan Matra as a right winger, but he's not really a right winger. But Anthony with his speed cutting in from the right, staying, staying, staying really wide and being able to cut inside the the fullback and put that into the corner. Something we've missed and it's something that obviously he's giving to us and three goals in three games, you can't really argue with that return. Yeah, absolutely. Three Premier League starts, three goals. Uh, I, You know, I was pretty shocked at how much money we played for Anthony. Uh, you know, I think both of these buys were like semi in like the panic buy category towards the end of the window. You know, we paid a lot for Casemiro. We paid a lot for Anthony. At least Casemiro is established. We know he's a top, top player. He's won everything. Anthony's totally at the other end, you know, coming up uh, youngster. But yeah, I've been impressed with him. Uh, and not just for these goals. Um, he's doing really great defensive work. You can see him tracking back, helping out a lot with Dallow over there. And that's the side that really is making a difference. Um, you know, we can talk, we will talk about Sancho who's been left out over here after a slightly disappointing in a couple of weeks and yeah we don't see that kind of hard defensive work from a player like that yeah I mean he I actually thought like overall as the game he didn't impact it that much going forward um, not as much as Brimmy Rashford did on the other side but I mean he's constantly just putting in a shift always working back helping out Dallow um, <laughs> when it, it's really funny like you, you watch it and then Dallow will point to someone and then Anthony will just go rapidly after them and he's like it's probably a great thing to have as you're a fullback if Anthony in front of you doing that. And he just stays wide all the time and stretching the play. So, yeah, we did pay a lot of money for him, but he is proving his worth at the moment. But then what I would say is, remember how Dan James started life at Man United? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was absolutely on fire there. Um, but look, we can't complain with that. I didn't actually expect to play like that. Who's young, who's coming in from Holland to come in and settle so well so quickly and already have three goals on the board. Uh 
But look, as I said, within 10 minutes, we were back to 1-1. And then we were creating, you know, I was kind of actually disappointed that we didn't get another goal sooner. Uh, you know, our play did get a bit disjointed, of course, by Martial going off around the half hour mark. There was quite a few messages in our Discord group uh, with our Patreon guys over there. Pretty disappointed to see Ronaldo coming on. And I think, I don't know, a couple of comments saying like, oh, no way we're going to score any more now. But of course, yeah, look, even though he's not in his best form, even though he's had a difficult time this so far this season, he's turned up with his 700th goal and it's the winning goal, a vital goal. Uh, I mean, do you think that means he's going to, he's back now, uh, back in confidence? Or is it just, look, a player like that is going to get a goal now and again, isn't he? I mean, who knows? Against uh, Nixia. Was it Nixia? It is Nixia, isn't it? Ammonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Against Ammonia, it did look like he was like finished and just a shell of a man. And like he, we could have been there all day. I don't think he'd have scored a goal. And it was kind of sad to see. And you're thinking, oh, that's it. He's finished. He'll never score again. Yeah, I saw like lot messages going around Twitter saying after this game, Ronaldo needs to retire. This yeah, is done. Like, he's finished. It was like um, an you idea. Know, you get a... And then this game, that one chance, and he just put it away, machine like, like not a thought. There wasn't a thought in his mind that he'd miss. He was just incredibly confident, very composed, one on one, left weak foot as well, and just put it straight in. So obviously, there's uh, still something left in him. I too was disappointed when he was coming on because I, I guess I had the, the memory of Thursday fresh in my mind. But you can't argue with that finish. It was a good finish. And in general, he was all right. Um, did well, win, won some headers, put in a shift for the team, working back. Obviously not a pressing machine, but I don't think he was like... It wasn't like Thursday where the whole game seemed to centre around him trying to score a goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did have that feel on Thursday that they were trying to get him that 700th goal and trying to get him on the kind of scoreboard. Maybe that's so a weight off his had shoulders. A bit of confidence. Maybe it's because we know how much records mean to him and, and stats and numbers mean to him. Maybe, maybe now he's got that 700th, he can relax a bit. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I mean, he had annoyed me slightly before that because there was one chance where, you know, Bruno's goal goes in, but it's disallowed because he was offside and he could have easily come back in. He basically. It was one of those where he'd gone off and he starts moping and moaning instead of coming back onside. So, yeah, it really no, well, annoyed me that one. But... No, the one with that one was that he, he wasn't. He was just in an offside position. And Rashford, I think, played it through to, through to Bruno in the first instance. But then Ronaldo took the ball instead. Um, so it wasn't... I don't think it was... I don't think it was that. I think he just he took the ball when he probably shouldn't have done and should have let it run through. But... Um, oh, but if he'd run, if you watch it, if he's if he instead of like throwing his arms up in the air and moaning about not getting a certain ball, if he'd run straight back on side, it wouldn't have even been an issue. Mm. But I mean, we got the goal anyway, and again, same with uh, Casemiro had that great chance and he missed. But when you score two minutes later, it kind of all all is forgiven, kind of thing. Yeah, and it was, you know, we saw the issues with Casemiro still getting up to speed in the Premier League, where he actually gave the ball away before winning it back and setting up that goal. Uh, and, you know, that assist from him does show the vast difference to when we have somebody like McTominay playing who mm. will never, ever play that ball. Never. Uh, you know, and that is the difference. Casemiro, although he did give away the ball a few too many times for my liking in this game, he's at 80% pass accuracy, which is pretty low, actually, for somebody who's playing around your defensive midfield area. But I think... He will improve in that. Like I said, he's still mm. getting up to the speed of the Premier League. It was actually hammering it down with rain. Uh, but you saw his class on the ball where so much better, so much more creative. The better passes coming from there. And it's what we've always lacked in the past. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we, we saw obviously the bad Casemiro. And I think I think um, I heard from a Madrid fan that y you will get Casemiro being caught on the ball maybe once a game in a, a bad place and that'll just happen. Uh, but you also get the good in that, yeah, his fast superior on the ball than someone like McTominay being in the right place to break up play. He did break up play quite a bit, uh, which was good to see. Um, one thing yeah, I did actually, actually, his defensive stats were good. Yeah. He had like four tackles, four clearances. So, yeah, his defensive stats were as good as anything yeah. Scott McTominay will ever put in, and his passing is obviously vastly, vastly superior. One thing I did like was at the point... Um, so when we play out the back, we kind of play in triangles and diamonds, and he's obviously the, the, the top point with Martinez and Dallo or Lindelof, and he's at the top of that diamond. I'm making points with my fingers now that no one can see. But um, he's actually a lot more comfortable receiving the ball 
in that place because then he can play balls around the corner. Um, I remember in the second half once, um, I think Martinez played it straight to his feet. He had a man right on his back and so he just whipped it around the corner straight to Dallow in loads of space. And it's stuff like that where he's a lot more comfortable on the ball than even McTominay or Fred and a lot more confident in receiving the ball in those positions that we'll really see the benefit of him. He might get caught on it. Um, a bit like Matic, really, I guess. He was a lot more com- confident and com- comfortable getting the ball in those positions and he might get caught a couple of times, but generally it will be better for the team. Definitely. And I can't even remember when is the last time we've started a game without either off Fred or McTominay. I mean, it in must the starting be. Lineup. It must be in the in the league in Premier League. It must be a long time. I mean, what are what? So, what are our midfield options now? Yeah, I mean, I guess Matic might have played a game, but there might have been a game last season that I'm forgetting where Matic might have started. With but yeah, Pogba. now no, I don't. Pog- I, I can't recall. But yeah, now it's what Fred McTominay behind Casemiro and Eriksson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there definitely was some games where we had Matic and Pogba starting games last season where I think Fred and McTominay might have been injured at some point. But it does seem a long time since they were both fully fit and available that they were not selected, uh, you know, seeing both of them on the bench. And I think that is the way we want to go. I mean, there's still not players that I would say we want out of the squad. We need to leave the club. But if they're squad options rather than constantly in the first team, I think that's a great place for us to be around. So are you happy with those, those far as options? Well, there's still like uh, Donny van der Beek. Oh, you haven't forgotten about him. I've seen if you'd forgotten about his existence because I ch- genuinely forget he exists half the time. Yeah, he still is a squad option when he comes back in uh, for the more creative side. And maybe if he was around, I mean, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that Christian Eriksen has been playing far too much football. He even played two games on international duty. Uh, you know, he's starting nearly every game and he is absolutely vital to our play at the moment, but he needs a rest at some point. And I think maybe if Donny van der Beek had been around, he might have had a bit more of time to come in and out of the team. But at the moment, there isn't really any other options. I mean, there's a few other players like that, like, you know, Gallo is having to start every other game. So we've got no other right-back option. Uh, you know, at the moment, there's no other centre-back option at least, yeah, thankfully Varane came back in from the bench, which was good to see mm. that he should be back and available soon. But there is a few areas around where at the moment players are playing twice a week because we don't have anybody to rotate in and out with them. And, uh, you know, this month where we've got nine games uh, is absolutely relentless. Uh, there's surely none of them can play every single one of those matches. You'd hope on Thursday we get a, a lot of rotation. It's our quote-unquote easiest game in the group. I know we just we just beat them. 3-2 uh, wasn't the most comfortable win, but you'd think at home we can afford to rest a few more players than that. So I would like to see some rotation on Thursday. Oh, yeah, definitely. There has to be. I mean, if that's like you say, in all the fixture run we've got here, if we don't get rotation in that game, then I don't know where they will be. And, uh, you know, it was a complaint of mine a lot under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that he played players into the ground too much, too many minutes, and they then ended up injured and not on top form. Uh, so I hope Ten Hag kind of learns from that and sees where he goes. I mean, at the same time, I do know managers often do this when they come in and they're trying to get a solid team. They're trying to get their system in place. so They don't want to be chopping and changing too much. But, you know, when you have nine games in a month, there is no choice but to be rotating at some point. Yeah. Um, but then also there's the, the counter argument that other people need to get used to the Ten Hag system, the Ten Hag way of playing. Um because now if someone like I don't know, Aaron Wan-Bissaka comes in for Dello, how many minutes is he under under Ten Hag? Maybe like five. Um, yeah. So five. yeah. No. So how used he'll be to Ten Hag ball remains to be seen. And yeah, he's still not available anyway. So no. yeah, I don't know when Dano is going to get that rest. Uh, I mean, Dalo, we did see Malassia played right back a little, and I think even Lindelof had a few minutes at right back. Mm. Dalo was quite poor yesterday as well. Generally, very sloppy on the ball. Not one of his better games. Um, but there's no competition for him, so he'll come. I'm sure. I'm sure it was just a one-off. Hopefully, and he'll he'll show in good form earlier in the season. So just yeah, just a poor game it can happen. But yeah, there's no one. There's no one to threaten him, really. No, and then, I mean, talking about competition, I know they had a big chat last week about David De Gea, uh, who Oshwin especially <laughs> hates and was going all in on uh, how negative he is about De Gea. But, you know, there had been a question about Dubravka coming in. Is he going to get a chance? Is he going to push De Gea? But, uh, 
I mean, I was actually quite shocked by some of the things I saw from David De Gea. We think at his kind of age that he's not going to learn, he's not going to improve. But all of a sudden, we saw a David De Gea who was coming out of his box, sweeping more than a couple of times. He was coming out and clearing balls. Uh, he claimed a couple of crosses. You know, these are massive weaknesses we've seen him from him in a couple of years. And there was even some really nice passing. Mm. His passing accuracy was way higher than it normally is. I mean, he's a player that's often down at like 60, 70%. It was normally just punting it up field whereas yeah in this match he's at 80 something percent which is actually higher than Casemiro um but so yeah I mean you do think this is just Ten Hag spending more time with it David De Gea reading his criticism and trying to take it on board I mean the, the point was made on the pod last week that when De Gea first came I remember people talked about how his on the ball ability was actually a big positive and somewhere along the line, that's been lost completely. Well, like you say, normally from him, it's just a punt up field and just you're hopeful somebody might knock it down. Uh, but, you know, yesterday I saw definitely a different David De Gea than we've seen for a long time. Mm, it's worth pointing out as well from that pass accuracy, a third of his passes were long balls. So it's not like there was 86% because they were all short. It was like a third were actual long balls and they were quite accurate ones at that. So yeah, I was surprised by that was the thing that surprised me most as well, the fact that he was sleeping, sweeping quite well. There was that one in the first half where I genuinely thought he was second best to get it. Well, first I was shocked that he was even trying to get it. And then I thought, actually, he's second best to this. And he still managed to sweep up quite well. So I thought it was probably his best game of the season, season for us. And he will probably be a little bit disappointed for the goal we conceded. Uh, again, like I said, I'm not going to be too harsh on him for it. But he, then he did pull off that very, very excellent save towards the end from Ghana um, when it looked like... Um, can't remember who was about to head it in, but someone was about to head it in for them, and De Gea just kind of palmed it off his head. Um, yeah, that was a really good save. And then, yeah, he seemed, uh, yeah, good performance from De Gea. Uh, happy to see more. Then, yeah, the other thing, look, we have to talk about. You'd already mentioned it was the disallowed late goal from Rashford. Uh, you know, when that went in, I was so happy because I thought, look, that's game set and match. We don't have to have any worry at the end of this game. Whereas, you know, the end of this game was pretty tense. Everton did not create a lot. Very tense. But then started, like, hitting us at the end. I mean, I mean, yeah. Everton some, somehow became the best crosses of the ball in, in world history. Like, I've never seen so many very, very good crosses in within such a, a short space of time. Every single one was, like, flat, hard, and into a dangerous area. So we actually did quite well to deal with it. I was saying, Varane came on in, like, the 91st, 90th minute. And he probably yeah. came off saying, I've been in a the game there. Which you can't, you don't often say for your time wasting. So, but he definitely was in a game for even if it was like just for three minutes, because uh, they really well bombarded us and Calvert Lewin was on at that point. So we actually did well to see yeah, it. Calvert Lewin, I think Rondon came on. They yeah. sent Onana into the box uh, and just started punting it in there. Uh, so look, it was good to see we dealt with it. But those last few minutes were very tense. I mean, if we look at the XG, apart from the goal they scored, Everton actually created virtually nothing. I mean, the XG for them is 0.37 and we're at 1.85. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at a very fair result in this game based on XG. Uh, as I say, pushed late on, but it's good to see that our team managed to deal with that. Uh, good as well, like I said, to see Varane come back in and have a goal. But let's talk about that Rashford handball, because for me, absolutely ridiculous that this is a VAR rule. I mean, nobody was complaining. Nobody from the Everton team was asking for that goal to be chalked off. Uh, I mean, Rashford got pretty lucky twice in that kind of move, but his persistence got in that goal. And, you know, the ball does hit his hand in the kind of, uh, his arm anyway, in the kind of run up to the goal. But he absolutely not on purpose. It's just ricocheting up to him. And that that is still a rule. And I think it's only a rule in the Premier League. I don't think this is like a kind of UEFA thing, as far as I understand. Uh, that that is still a rule is just totally ridiculous, right? Well, it's, it's a rule made by people who don't really understand football because how you, how, I don't know, they just keep getting themselves in, in knots about what is, what is and isn't handball. And they're like, well, you can't score a ball with your hand. Okay, you can't, like, I would get it. If someone, if the ball hits your hand and goes in the net, fair enough. I can see, like, okay, even if you don't mean it, it's probably like, you probably shouldn't be scoring a goal with your hand. Fair enough. But then how that relates to, a completely innocuous handball in the lead up to a goal. Who knows? And the thing is, they changed it because before it was like at any point in lead up to a goal, and it's like that's ridiculous. So we'll just make it if it's in directly in the lead up to a goal. But then they have words like immediately leads to, and what is immediate? Because then Rashford then still had a one on with the keeper. Pickford still gets a touch to it. Um, he puts it in. It was still a good what five seconds after the handball. Is that immediate? What is immediate? 
Uh, apparently Antonio's goal on the weekend stood because his handball wasn't immediate, even though it was all in within the same phase of play. So it's all all a bit ridiculous, really, with this handball. Yeah, stuff. if you watch that Antonio goal, it's exactly the same as Rashford's goal in the way it goes. Like there's a couple of phases to it. It's neither of them are immediate, so that one is given and the other isn't is ridiculous. And even in that West Ham game, there was another one. Uh, Samaka yeah. scores the first and goal, definitely... and it also touches his hand as well yeah. for sure. But again, that, that uh, Samaka one should, it shouldn't. I mean, it shouldn't really be disallowing that. Um, because does it affect materially affect the play? Is he intentionally handballing it? No, it's just a bit ridiculous, really. Um, and obviously, people keep harking back to the Middlesbrough one last year, which was one of the more ridiculous decisions you'll see. I mean, that is the stupid thing, isn't it? If Rashford had squared this ball to whoever Bruno to score, it would have been fine. Yep, it would have been perfectly he fine. He hadn't scored it. Uh, that's the absolute daft way that rule plays out. But yeah, look, it is what it is. That is the rule. And thankfully, it didn't make a difference for us. Whereas Fulham did get absolutely shafted by VAR in their match yesterday. Uh, but yeah, it was a shame for Rashford. A shame for me as well, because I just brought Rashford into my fantasy football team this week. So yeah, I was extra celebrating mm. at that time and then got those points chalked off. So yeah, a bit of a killer. Yeah, uh, he, could have, he but... could have finished the game with an assist and a goal, which would have been uh, would have been good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and like, you know, those two goals uh, he came up with midweek were absolutely vital. You know, it was nice to see him come back from injury and back on some form. Uh, but look, we will take a quick break there. We will come back and talk about the Europa League matches and Newcastle coming up as well. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. Uh, just to finish off, actually, before we move on to the Europa League on that Everton game, as I said, Casemiro was given man of the match, but I thought he was pretty lucky to get that award. Uh, nice for him anyway, uh, just to feel that he's in the Premier League. But yeah, I thought one kind of unsung player back into the team was Luke Shaw. And I think he should have been in with a shout for man of the match. What do you think, Imran? Yeah, he was my definite man of the match was Luke Shaw. Really good performance. It just kind of shows when, when Luke Shaw is good, Oh, when Luchar is very good, he is a level above. And it's not a knock on Malassia because I think Malassia is a, a good good left back, good time at the club, good bit of business. But when Luke Shaw is on, he is like a level above and he's probably one of the best, best left backs in the league. Um, it's just He just needs to be showing it more and more focused, more on it. Like Some of his recovery runs yesterday were fantastic and just big, strong. He's always so comfortable on the ball. Like he can't fault his first touch. His passing's crisp. When he's when he's actually giving a shit, and he's into the game, you don't get much better than Luke Shaw. I think you know maybe Luke Shaw started believing his own hype a bit. Uh, you know, Tellers came in. And at that time as well, people were talking about, oh, at the start, you know, Tellez put in a couple of nice crosses and people were like, oh, he's really going to push Luke Shaw. But Luke Shaw stepped up, absolutely pushed him out of the way. He went to the Euros, had a brilliant Euros. You know, he started being called Shaw, Berto, Carlos. Uh, but yeah, I think, like I said, he maybe got a bit too comfortable himself and he did not have a good season last season. And again, now he's had to see off the challenge of a new kind of player coming in, Malassia, who did do initially well, but then has had a couple of different difficult weeks which is not surprising for a young player who's still like finding his way in the Premier League uh, but yeah I do think it's good and good great for us to see Luke Shaw back on form and ready to be playing at that kind of top level that we saw two seasons ago I mean if he can keep doing that and especially there's always been that link between Shaw and Rashford on the left side uh, you know if we can get that Shaw Rashford thing going on one side and Dallo Anthony going on the other side then yeah that's going to be absolutely brilliant for us going forward this season 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you need these combinations up and down the pitch, even if it's your two centre-backs, two midfielders, and your, your winger and your full-back. And I think they'll, Shaw and Rashford generally look more comfortable with each other, uh, probably just from time spent at the club. They've both been at the club for ages now. So I think, yeah, that that is my preferred um, partnership down that left-hand side, so long as Shaw, as I said, remains interested. I mean, where are you at on Sancho now? I know we had a kind of Twitter question on him last week. I mean, I thought it was absolutely right that he'd come out of the team uh, after that Ammonia game. I, you know, a lot. Malasia was blamed a lot, of course, for that first Ammonia goal, which was absolutely embarrassing coming from our own set piece. But I actually think that Sancho was more to blame than him. I mean, he is the one who gets caught on the ball and loses it in a dangerous area. But one... Sancho should not have passed it back to him in an area where we're actually attacking. And two, he then just stands there kind of watching as about seven different players and the referee run past him on a kind of phase of play, not helping out at all. Uh, it's a shame because, you know, a month ago, the England squad was picked and some people were saying, why isn't Sancho in the squad? Because he scored a couple of nice goals in the run up to that squad. Uh, but now he's definitely been off form for the past two, three weeks now. I mean, you could argue he's been off form for the past two two years so I don't know no, as I said look at the start of the season he got an assist he scored a couple of very nice goals composed finishes in the box so it looked like he was starting to play a bit but then no it's been lost in the last few matches for sure yeah listen I've, I mean you're probably asking the wrong person because I've never been head of the, the Sancho fan club uh, I remember what was it, two years two near three years ago when we were going to sign him for over 100 million I thought it was absolutely mental um, and I was then pleased that we got him for like seventy, but mainly because we got him for seventy and not a hundred. But I've never been I've never been a massive Sancho believer, um, and it's it's weird because I often judge players based on how they play for England, which kind of makes no sense really, because you could argue that England's not even as good higher level as a lot of league games, and it's very different when you're in international circumstances. But it's just it's just something I've always done. I've always like thought, eh, if you can't hack it for England, or you're not great for England, then how great will you be for Man United? And maybe it's just because it's a, in a way, and it's not always the case to be fair, but it's like more of a truer reflection of you somehow because, yeah, you can play well at Dortmund in a very controlled system and you know exactly what your job is all the time and you are doing that against lower opposition, quote-unquote lower opposition Bundesliga fans. Don't, don't kill me or anything. But when you're doing it for England, you have to go into a foreign setting with different players and you've got to still show it. And I, for me, he never really did. Uh, it was the same way I didn't want Maguire, really. I always thought Maguire for England when he was playing at Leicester was so overrated and a, a bit terrible. And, well, yeah, he's terrible. But not, this is not Maguire. This is about Sancho. And, yeah, I've, ne- I've never been his biggest fan anyway. And he's not really shown it for me at United. A couple of glimpses here and there. You can't. One thing you can't doubt, yeah, he gets. he's very composed in situations, especially in front of goal. Like, you can kind of learn him to not hack at a chance. But he just doesn't really do much other than that. Like sometimes his passing's a bit laboured. He likes to go backwards when he can go forwards. He never really takes on his man. He's not very quick. Um, I know Jamie's. Yeah, a that big has fan actually him, been but... something that I've been surprised by is that he's much slower than I my perception was before he came to Old Trafford. And as you say, he doesn't take on the man enough. There's too many times he takes the safe ball back. Uh, it's not really what I was expecting, to be honest. Because you know you had seen bits of him here and there. I mean, to be honest the only bits of Bundesliga I used to watch used to be kind of Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. I didn't watch him week in, week out. Uh, but look, he had amazing stats over there. It's actually going to be like the third time in a row we bring in somebody from Dortmund with the best stats in the Bundesliga, absolutely smashing it, player of the year. You know, we had Kagawa, then we had Mkhitaryan, and now it's uh, Sancho. And yeah, none of them have worked out for us. No, I mean... And I don't know if Sancho's going to go in that same way. Look, he's still young, still not writing him off just yet because as I said he did have a decent start to the season um, but I don't know yeah he's slightly lost his way now and it definitely doesn't deserve to be in the starting lineup uh, you know it's good that we've got that competition for places uh, I mean maybe though Sancho will I actually think he will get a game in the Thursday night which will be more our kind of rotation squad now you wonder if he wouldn't be about more suited to play the Bruno position of kind of number 10 yeah. yeah but then the problem with that is he just doesn't work hard enough as we saw I mean, at least for Bruno, yeah, he's not he's not the best defensive with Bruno, but he will work. He'll put in a shift. He'll harry people. Where Sancho doesn't really do that. 
Um, people say he, he kind of gets up and down his right wing, which he kind he, he kind of does. Sorry, his left wing. He kind of does, but I mean, he's he's not exactly great when it comes to actually pressing the ball or actually winning the ball back. So I don't know. I'm 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 just maybe we need to get Jamie on to to become the full Sancho fan club that Jamie is. Well, but... I think I think I'm pretty sure Jamie's written him off now after absolutely screaming for us to sign him for a couple of years. I'm pretty sure Jamie. I don't think he's written him off. To be fair, I think day. he's just disappointed with him, which is understandable. He has been disappointing. Like you said, he can come good. I think he just needs to really kind of buckle down and actually. You know, just start being a bit more adventurous in his play and just start working out for the team. Look at Anthony. Like, look how hard he works for the team. He's that's what he's got to start replicating. Um if you give the if the ball is given away like that, you bust the gut to get back. You don't just kinda stand around and see what happens. And then yeah, he sort of start I mean, he's got skills, he can dribble. Um and then once he but once he beats a man, he has to actually do something with the ball, not just check back. Look, technically, he's obviously a very, very good player. Uh, it's just not quite converting into performances week in, week out in the Premier League. Uh, as I said, he has started this season definitely better than he did last season. But, you know, last season was pretty much a write-off for him and most of the squad, to be fair. I think we can safely say he's out of the picture now for going to Qatar. Uh, you know, whereas Rashford, I will be surprised if he doesn't mm. go on that plane to Qatar. You know, there's a few... There's not. There's only like you know a few matches left for these players to have a chance uh, to go to this World Cup. Yeah, now. I suspect Rashford will go. I think Southgate doesn't need an excuse to pick Rashford. I think he likes Rashford, but he would need a big excuse to pick Sancho, and Sancho's not giving it to him. Yeah, anyway, especially when players like Saka, whatever, even Grealish has been coming in and playing well recently. You know, these are the kind of players I guess he's in competition with, and they're all doing too well to be dropped. I guess there's a couple of others like maybe Bowen or something like that whose position is up for grabs, I'd say. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see from there. But, yeah, look, the return leg of this Ammonia Nicosia game comes up now. It's kind of embarrassing that we only just managed to beat this team who are very poor who'd got smashed 3-0 even by Sheriff Tiraspor uh, I think they're like mid-table or something even in Cyprus uh, you know managed by Neil Lennon that I'm sure everybody will know from over here they've got a couple of old kind of I think yeah SPL players in there um, but yeah I don't know how we managed to make it so difficult for ourselves but it's not been the first time we've seen things like that you know there was immediate thoughts back to that Istanbul here goal that we'd given away it just felt exactly like that that we gave there but surely this week we can smash these and not have that many worries yeah we at Old Trafford we really should just be putting three or four or five past them um hand out a few rests maybe even start someone like Ganacho in this game uh give him a run out i can see Langer coming in though instead for to play on that left wing Langer hasn't played for a few a while so i can see him coming in sancho maybe coming in um ronaldo probably starting to get some stat padding um and then yeah we should we should be taking care of these pretty handily yeah i'd be happy to see some of the players you know fred hasn't played that much recently he surely needs a game uh, maybe even, yeah, Varane getting back to full fitness. And I don't think the other injured players are anywhere near coming back, unfortunately. Otherwise, it would have been a good time to give somebody like, whether it's Juan Bissaka, whether it's Van der Beek, some minutes. I uh, don't know where Maguire's at either. Mm. I think they're still not getting ready to come back there. I mean, if, Martial... we can, if we can afford it, I would even try to put McTominay at centre-back and give Martinez a rest if we can. But because Martinez has played pretty much every single second of the season, hasn't he? So... Well, that had been the question. I mean, thankfully, at least Varane is back. That, you know, we were down to our last choices in uh, Martinez and Lindelof. And if one of them had got injured, who was the next in line? Because, you know, we still have Axel Tuanzebi is still actually at the club, but has not been available the whole season. There's a couple of other younger defenders who might have been next in line in an emergency, like uh, Tendon Mengi, uh, Deshaun Bernard, who'd done pretty well on loan last season. But all three of them are kind of young academy defenders have been unavailable the whole season I think all injured so yeah we were and obviously Phil Jones hasn't been seen or heard of for the whole season so far so yeah I didn't know who was next in line if we did get that injury that would have been the killer then yeah is McTominay maybe a small chance of somebody like Luke Shaw coming in and playing centre-back but thankfully it looks like Varane is back anyway came back there those last few minutes there and should hopefully be available. Uh, but yeah, we're expecting quite a bit of rotation. and we, But we do have to win these games, you know, because we lost that first game to Sociedad. And even though, 
you can come top two. If you come second, you have an extra game. You have to play a playoff game. Whereas if you come top of the group, you go straight through to the knockouts. So yeah, there's a huge difference between coming first and second in the group. Uh, and as I said, having lost that first game, we need to basically win every other game uh, in this run now for the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, it'll pretty much all come down to that Sociedad game you'd have thought away. Because the next two games are at home. I expect us to win both of those. And then, yeah, Sociedad away, which is not not easy. And I don't see, I don't see Sociedad dropping points either. So, yeah. Yeah, all, so it's actually looking likely game. that we'll end up second in this group and not ideal at all that we have to then what, end up playing we'll the next away. I, I don't know. When they're playing at home, they need only a draw. I'm not so sure about it at all, to be honest. I mean, I know we did smash them. I think it was about 5-0 like a couple of years ago under Ole. I also do, though, remember going to Sociedad under Moyes and coming out with a nil-nil. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. I think um, we do need to put up our goal difference in this game. That's a big thing. I think our goal difference is plus one, I think. Yeah, so true. we need to just, we need yeah. to we need to get some need to, in the next two games we really need to actually put some goals on the on our goals for our column. Yeah, for sure because I say it will make a big difference coming first and second in the group. Uh, we really don't need extra matches in this season where we still got a couple of postponed games to fit in somewhere. Uh, you know, who knows at some point we're going to have a mental season as if nine games this month isn't enough. We're definitely going to have a, another month like that at some point in the new year. Uh, let's take another quick break before we come back and have a quick chat about Newcastle next weekend. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back for the last section of the show. Uh, Newcastle on the weekend. They, of course, will not have any midweek game. So we'll be much fresher than our lot. Uh, that's why, you know, rotation is absolutely vital and Newcastle are on good form absolutely hammered Brentford 5-1 and they won 4-1 the week before Uh, you know some top performances they've got Trippier, Buna Gamar is all doing very well so that is not going to be an easy game in the slightest at least though now after we just had three away games in a row we've now got three home games in a row Ammonia, Newcastle and then there's actually Tottenham midweek and then isn't there another Europa League game after that at home? Uh, yeah, possibly actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheriff, yeah, Sheriff. After that as well. So is it four home games? No, I think we might have an away game in the middle, West Ham or somebody like that. That's at home as well. Anyway, we've got three home games. <laughs> we're at home a lot. Three home games in a row. The I'm not is thinking anywhere. I'm not thinking further than that at the moment. Like I say, three home games in a row: Ammonia, Newcastle, Tottenham. Uh, Newcastle are on the upright. They're Eddie Howe has actually done a much better job than I was kind of expecting. Have you been surprised or did you rate him already? I have been surprised, actually, because I didn't really rate him. Um, but then he did a good job last year, so I was like, fair enough. Maybe he's actually a decent manager. It was all, the thing about Bournemouth when he was there was he could never defend. Um, and Newcastle are actually not too bad at the back. So, I mean, they've only lost one game this year, and that was to that ridiculously late Liverpool goal. Um, when the referee decided we must play until Liverpool score a goal. So they're actually, I mean, they've drawn with City, uh, pulled out some good big wins. They've drawn a lot of games, to be fair. They've drawn five games. Um, so, yeah, they're, I mean, if we actually do beat them, that'll be a good result. They're just below us in the league. Um, lots of good players. Uh, Bruno Gimares, um, Joe Linton's a good midfielder now, apparently. Uh, Almiron's actually in some sort of form. Callum Wilson's a very good striker. They've got Isaac. I don't know if he's going to be back. Um, so, yeah, good team. Uh, clearly, Howe's got them set up playing quite well. Um, they're only on the up. So, yeah, if we actually do win, it'll be a, a decent win for us. No, it will. Like I said, these three points at Everton for that top four race, which is going to be a battle all season, were absolutely vital. Uh, you know, we need to get these as well, home games. I mean, if you think back to this game last season, if you remember, it was Ronaldo's debut, yeah. 4-1. Uh, we absolutely hammered them. But since then, Newcastle have 
changed owners. It was only after that that the Saudis officially took over. Uh, changed manager. Obviously, Eddie Howe came in because they were struggling at the bottom and, yeah, did a good job to turn them around and have spent a fair bit of money in the market. As I say, players like Trippier, Guimarães, uh, they've not actually gone totally mental, though. I think some people thought, oh, my God, Saudi billions rolling into town. They're going to absolutely start buying this, that and the other. And they've actually seemed to be taking it relatively step by step, slowly, uh, which is nice to see uh, that they haven't just blown it completely out of the water. Uh, but, yeah, they spent a lot of money on that Isaac, who's been injured. I'm not sure if he'll be back, but yeah, they did have Wilson up front over there. And I think uh, St. Maximan has just come back from injury as well, who's been, yeah, he always kind of terrorises us. He's a player that every time seems to come up and pull out his best stuff for us. Yeah, I mean, if St. Maximan's back, that's a big plus for them. Generally gives us a bit of a hard time. Um, Bruno Gimaresh, excellent player, like I said. Uh, Callum Wilson's genuinely a very good striker, just gets injured too much, um, but... I think he's an excellent striker, Callum Wilson. So they've got lots of good players who could give us a bit of trouble. Um, obviously, I'd still back us as favourites to win. But, I mean, like I said, they've only lost one game. So if we do win, it'll be good. Um, it just goes to show, actually, the power of not drawing. We haven't drawn a single game this season yet. Um, yeah, it's been all or nothing. Which for is us, kind of good because you'd rather, you'd rather lose one game and win two than draw two and win one. So kind of. Kind of showing that they've Newcastle have won three and drawn five. We've won five, and we've got more points than them. So no more draws. That's basically the conclusion to Newcastle. Newcastle dangerous players. No more draws. That's where I've got. That's where I've got well, to. I think now this is inevitably going to be a, a draw. draw yes, basically, right? yeah. absolutely inevitable after that kind of chat over there. Uh, but then, look, I mean, we did have the kind of listener questions on the last show, and they were answered by. Ed and Oshwin last time. Not I think, very well, yeah. but you know. Well, that's why, yeah, I think we should we, we should answer some of these questions ourselves. But yeah, the same questions are totally relevant. I mean, it was more than one person who asked the same question, basically. I mean, this was after losing to City, whereas now, of course, three points on the board. The picture looks a bit better. But yeah, Nizza at Curious Chemist and Nick Hill at Nicky Neal had basically asked the same question that do you still think that we can finish top four, basically? And as I say, it is a week on. We are three points further ahead and looking much better than what the feeling was one week ago. But look, generally, let's assess. He's almost at the kind of 10-game mark, um, 10 Hag. We've seen what he can do. There's been some mistakes here and there. I mean, I know pre-season, none of us were that confident. Um, I can't remember what your actual prediction was pre-season now. I can't either. Uh, knowing me, it's probably, think, pro- probably not top four, probably knowing me. but I think you said not top four. I think I also said we're going to struggle, but that was when we started the season and we hadn't yet bought in yeah. Casemiro and Anthony. So, you know, we all did our predictions at that point and I think we didn't really look at it again. So, I mean, where do you feel now? Do you think we're going to be finishing top four? You've got a pretty good idea of where the squads are at, looking at Spurs, looking at Chelsea. Uh, you know, Arsenal, I think, are doing better than anybody expected. But maybe, yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs are all in a bit of a week week to week. You're not really sure what you're getting there. Maybe. Um, I'm still not sure. Um, ask me after we played Tottenham and Chelsea. Which, by the way, after Tottenham, we're away at Chelsea. That's the game we've got. Away at Chelsea, then we're at home to Sheriff uh, for those fixture, fixture buffs out there. Um, yeah, after that Tottenham and Chelsea game, well, maybe no. I'm still not sure what to make of Chelsea. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Potter fan. I think Potter's a very good manager. I'd have liked to have him here, uh, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, but then it could take a time to adjust. Although Chelsea looked actually all right against Wolves, but then Wolves are a bit crap. So who knows? Come on, come on. I don't, I don't want to maybe right now. If you had to put. Yes or no? Are we getting top four? Are we getting We've got top enough four? of the season to go off to give a decent prediction now? I don't, I don't think so. I think um, there's still some teething problems to be had and I think they'll still come out from game to game. I can see us... We, I think we'll still lose a few games emphatically. I think that's still on the cards for us. I think we'll win a lot of games, um, obviously, but I do. I, I think we might just get pipped to top four, but I still think we might get Champions League through the Europa League. Yeah, look, I'm now feeling more confident than I was at the start of the season. Uh, I said very clearly that I was not happy about our squad. But then after that, they've added in Casemiro. 
they've added in Anthony, which were like big, big players to come in. So yeah, that's filled in a couple of the holes I was most worried about. Um, I now feel we will get top four. And that's also partly because we're seeing Liverpool struggling. We're seeing Chelsea go through now a bit of a transition phase. Tottenham also are doing pretty well, but not maybe firing as much as people might have expected. Arsenal, of course, have been the surprise package. I think we can forget about City. They're going to obviously be... They're just going to win the league, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. And I think Arsenal now, you know, still early days. We're only like, I say, eight, nine games in. But they're looking like they should be getting somewhere in the top four at least. But I think that we can definitely finish ahead of the couple out of, yeah, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham. So, yeah, I'm feeling now pretty confident about us getting top four this season. And that's also a lot with... Ten Hag has impressed me in general. We did have that question as well uh, from the listeners saying, you know, where are you at on Ten Hag now? I think he's actually done a better job than I expected, especially after that awful start with two horrible like defeats to pick this team up from there and get them on a decent winning run. Yeah, or also, yeah, we got smashed by City. But yeah, a lot of teams will get smashed by City and we can kind of just forget about that one. But yeah, I have been impressed about how he's turned things around from that pretty quickly. And it's still very early days when no nowhere near the team he's got in his mind and we're nowhere near playing the system but in general look in this Everton game we were playing some really nice stuff uh, you know a lot of one-touch football some good moves in over there and I'd say we're only a couple of months in so yeah I'm feeling now confident that this team will finish top four this season well love to argue with you Nick but then you are Mr well, Positive so well I had I, I kind of lost that in this summer I was, I was very like downbeat after the amount of players went out and downbeat after the poor transfer market but as is often the case our club left it very late pulled out a couple of transfers at the last minute and things all of a sudden look quite a bit different yeah, uh, I mean yeah I'm surprised you'll still be invested in Man United won't you what Middlesbrough be your new team now anyway <laughs> not just yet not just yet as I say yeah haven't given a shout out to Man United women yet that said yeah if our boys aren't doing well then yeah I'll start supporting the girls uh, much more but yeah we will focus on that a bit more on the next show I think yeah we're probably about out of time for this week uh, we will come back after that Newcastle game do as usual hit us up on Red Cafe we had a lot of good chat on the thread over there on Red Cafe and yeah we love those listener questions from Twitter so yeah we'll put out a shout out for those before we finish off I want to give a shout out to our new sponsors footballprizes.co.uk actually today but yeah by the time this goes out you probably won't hear it there is the closing off a signed Anthony shirt but head over to footballprizes.co.uk every day they're putting up new shirts match tickets there's some other memorabilia over there I saw some signed Liam Gallagher stuff out there Um, there was a couple of other things Uh, Tyson Fury signed pictures and things like that as well so yeah it's not just football but yeah head over to footballprizes.co.uk use the code UH10 for a 10% discount off any of the tickets over there and yeah that is it from us and we will see you back after the Newcastle game cheers United Hour is part of the Sports Social Network edited by Imran Lahair and our theme song is by Ancient Feelings to get in touch please follow us on Twitter United underscore Hour or email us at unitedhour at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.